0: Welcome to Just a Parishioner. I'm Loren Zaragoza.
1: I'm Sean Greeley.
0: Thanks for downloading today's episode. All of our episodes are available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and YouTube now. So definitely check us out in all three places on YouTube. You got to subscribe. We got to get some uh, followers over there, Sean.
1: Yeah, for real. If you have a YouTube account, you have a Google account, whatever it is, just hit that subscribe button. We'd love to have you join us. We'd love to have you watch us now. You can't just listen to us. You got to actually see our faces, see our mouths moving while we talk.
0: Yeah, so uh, there are going to be some cool clips going on YouTube also. Um, You know, little snippets from the episode if you're not able to find it too. So um, all good stuff. We're just uh, trying to bring more content for you guys for sure.
1: Yeah. Uh, Lorenz, what are we talking about today?
0: Today is actually a, we're going to be talking about a video that you showed me the other day um, of somebody who a lot of you probably know who it is. Um, His name is Jordan Peterson. Um, But Sean, you showed me a video the other night while we were hanging out. And it is just a super inspiring video. And mm. I immediately turned to you and I said, We we gotta we gotta talk about this video.
1: Yeah, it's fun. So it's funny with Jordan Peterson, like I didn't know who he was. Um, I guess he got really popular in like 2017 or 2018. Um, I'd like a niche population on the internet, kind of like learned about him. And like I remember I was working in campus ministry at Montclair, and this kid who was thinking about getting and becoming Catholic really asked me, do you know this guy? And I was like, I have no clue who you're talking about. And then because that kid brought it up and I was trying to help him in his potential conversion process, um, I started, you know, looking into who he was and started watching and listening to some of his videos. And, you know, there's a lot of controversy around him because there was some politics involved and things like that. But then you start to get into some of the stuff that he was talking about, you know, it's all in all, like just a short, note of who he is. If you don't know, he was a, uh, he's a Canadian psychologist. Uh, he was a professor at the university of Toronto, I believe. Um, I think he used to teach maybe at Harvard too. Um, but he's a clinical psychologist. He is also very steeped in like evolutionary psychology. He's very influenced by Carl Jung. Um, but he's really focused a lot of his work on like mythical stories, um, archetypical uh, stories having to do with psychology and then also studied a lot of the atrocities in like the 20th century um, and how all of that kind of like stitches together. All that's to say, uh, Lorenz mentioned, I saw this video the other day that he published kind of addressing Christian churches in the Western world, um, really worldwide. But I think especially, you know, he targets the Canadian and the, the American and the European audiences mainly. Um, and he he really just drove the point home, like uh, we'll we'll play a short clip from this 10 minute video, um, but he just really drove the point home of like the challenge that the church has to drive responsibility in people's lives, which is a lot of what he talks about in the first place. Um, so we'll we'll play I, it for you in a bit. But. I,
0: I think it's important to note that he's he he doesn't identify himself as a Christian or a Catholic, correct?
1: Yeah. So and it's very very interesting having followed him for a few years now. He's done conversations with um, different people of different spiritualities, different religions. He talks to Eastern Orthodox people a lot. Um, he's done interviews with Bishop Robert Barron a couple of times. And he's always like on the cusp of belief, it seems like. Um, he's stated that he has identified this kind of faith in his life, but he just doesn't know what to do with it. Right. Um, he has stated that he doesn't claim to believe in God because he thinks that's too great a responsibility to bear because he's not a perfect person. Um, he stated that he acts as if God exists, which is almost like a, like an Immanuel Kant philosophy of like a moral philosophy derived from religion, which isn't, you know, uh, that's not really Christian. That's not really Catholic. Um, but I don't know. I pray for him. I pray for a, an exposure to Christ for him. Um, and I was say- very
0: cool. He was, he was just recently at Steubenville. And, uh, I mean, I know that, we talked about that a little bit. Can you speak about what you heard about that experience for him and and, and actually why Steubenville is important and, and all that, like, really, you know, real quick. And then we're going to jump into the video that you guys, a clip of the video.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know. It sounds like we're like fanboying over Jordan Peterson, which isn't necessarily the case, but we do think he has a message that's important. And at Steubenville, he gave a couple of lectures, one of which was really driven at students for why reading the Bible is so important. Um Like I said, he's really steeped in like mythology and um, ancient stories and the archetypes that can be derived derived from those. And he gave an entire biblical series lecture on the book of Genesis, uh, much of which he takes a lot of his work from as far as like what as human beings did God design us to be and to do and to pursue in our lives. Um, And taking the origin story of Christianity and of Judaism and Islam from Genesis and kind of taking that into a psychological and a moral perspective. So he talked a lot about that there. Um, I think he just talked in general about why like, living a life of faith, of substance, of morality, and some, with some kind of moral grounding is so important. Uh, it's, it's really cool to see him talking to a, pla- a place at Steubenville where Almost every student is devoutly religious Mm -hmm. and being able to communicate with them in a very clear way. And honestly, I think it's really cool that church leaders are listening to him and taking his message and trying to wrap it up in Christianity and Catholicism because he is getting thousands and hundreds of thousands of young men and women to come and listen to him when he lectures.
0: It's very cool. It's very cool. Um, while we get our headphones on and while uh, Sean gets the uh, the video ready, I just want to remind everybody that you can um, subscribe to us uh, on YouTube. Uh, you can follow us at Instagram. I'm sorry, on Instagram at just a parishioner. And you can also check us out on facebook.com slash just a parishioner. Uh, so once again, we're actually going to play the video clip for you. Um, it's it's a ten minute video, about ten minutes long, um, and I'm I'm gonna put that in the show notes uh, in both YouTube and and uh, our podcasts, so that you can watch the entire video. We'll probably post a link to it on our social media sites. Um, but if you look it up, Jordan Peterson a message to Christian churches, you'll be able to find the full video. Um, but we're actually gonna play, you know, a little two three minute clip uh, for for you guys to uh, watch or listen to right now.
2: Christian Church is there to remind people, young men included, and perhaps even first and foremost, that they have a woman to find, a garden to walk in, a family to nurture, an ark to build, a land to conquer, a ladder to heaven to build, and the utter terrible catastrophe of life to face stalwartly in truth, devoted to love and without fear. Invite the young men back say literally to those young men, you are welcome here. If no one else wants what you have to offer, we do. We want to call you to the highest purpose of your life. We want your time and energy and effort and your will and your goodwill. We want to work with you to make things better, to produce life more abundant for you and for your wife and children, and for your community, and your country, and the world. Once again, to the churches, invite young men. Put up a billboard. Say, young men are welcome here. Print some flyers and put them in a box by the billboard. Signal the existence of those flyers with an arrow with the words, more information about attending here. Tell those who have never been in a church exactly what to do. How to dress, when to show up, who to contact. And most importantly, what they can do. Ask more, not less, of those you are inviting. Ask more of them than anyone ever has. Remind them who they are in the deepest sense and help them become that your churches for God's sake. Quit fighting for social justice. Quit saving the bloody planet. Attend to some souls. That's what you're supposed to do. That's your holy duty. Do it now, before it's too late. The hour is nigh.
1: The
0: hour is nigh. The hour is nigh, it's awesome. Awesome video, um, I'm I'm sure that if you listen to that or, or watch it for the first time, a lot of you probably have very similar emotions to what Sean experienced or what I experienced, um, but uh, we are gonna take a quick break, and when we get back, we are going to dive into that video and, and talk about how we felt when we first heard it and heard it for the third time, fifth time, because that is a super powerful clip, so we will be right back. Can't wait. All right, guys, we are back. Um, again, we're talking about that Jordan Peterson video that we just watched, uh, that you probably just heard or watched with us as well. Um, Daily Wire popped up right after his video too. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, the uh, I mean, I'm some, sure many people know what the Daily Wire is. It's, it's a conservative news uh, organization that a guy named Ben Shapiro and a couple of other guys kind of head-started a few years back. Um, now, their whole mission is to kind of like provide more of a... Um, conservative focus on news. Um, A lot of it to try to be unbiased, but definitely like from the other side, from potentially what other news channels are offering. Um, But Jordan Peterson recently, uh, literally like a month ago, started up an affiliation with them. So a lot of his stuff will be broadcasting exclusively there um, if anybody's interested in that.
0: Right. I mean, it's nothing crazy shocking (laughs) at that point. It wasn't groundbreaking news. I mean, it was just because it's kind of two big names on the on in the conservative uh on the conservative realm. But yeah. And Jordan
1: I, Jordan Peterson too. It's like he was never describing himself as conservative. He was always describing himself as what many people would call classical liberal. Um but I think that he's received so much flack and he's befriended people like Ben Shapiro because they do give him a platform where other people won't. Um that it just became like a natural friendly relationship there, you know?
0: And this is totally not a- uh, <laughs> This is not
1: an endorsement necessarily, yeah. But it is uh, just so people know. know, you know, where he is and why it popped up and everything.
0: Right, exactly. I mean, we're not an endorsement, not a promotion. Um, just, you probably saw it pop up. So with what we thought we'd talk about it. Um, but yeah, just, uh, I mean, coming from, so talking about the message itself, coming from a guy who is not Christian. I, I mean, in the 10 minute video, in the very beginning, he even says like- you know, this is gonna be a little ballsy on me yeah. to 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 say a message to like, the Christian churches. Who
1: who am I to do that, you know?
0: But he's going to anyway. So I, I highly encourage you to watch the entire video. But, you know, I'll I'll give you my first takeaway. So when I first watched that video, I mean there there were probably three, four moments in those two minutes that I just got chills. Mm. Um, because and it's not those chills like, oh, he's good. He's good. He like, that's awesome. It was chills like, man, like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, what are we doing as a church? And everything he's saying is 100% true in the, in the clip that we just heard. And, like, again, that, that, that was my initial reaction. is like, man, he, everything he's saying is true. And what what are we doing as a church? But what was your initial reaction when you first uh, saw that?
1: I think there were moments of chills, um, definitely. So one thing that stuck out to me, which is kind of, like I said, an extension of some of the biblical lectures that he's given, but when he talks about like what the church is for, and he's obviously targeting young men specifically in that video to a large degree, a lot of this does pretend to women. Like it's not just a men's thing, but when he says, what is the church supposed to do for a young man, it's supposed to tell them that there's a woman for them to find, that there is a garden for them to tend to, that there is an ark for them to build to avoid the flood that there is a land for them to conquer. Like these are all biblical stories that reflect the challenges that men, but people in general are, are, are you know, meant to uh try to take on in their lives. Like, do I, can I find a spouse and start a family? Can I, um, you know, find the work that I'm supposed to do for my life and find my vocation? Can I identify evil and contend with it? Right. Um, can I, the land that I'm supposed to conquer a lot of that is your own psyche and your own mentality and your own mindset. Like, am I able to have dominion over myself? And I mean, outside of this video Jordan Peterson talks about all the time, like for you to be a strong person, you need to be a dangerous person who can control your impulses toward danger. Like you need to not dangerous necessarily violently or physically, but you need to be very, very skilled at something. But not abuse that and that's how you become a strong person mm-hmm. and i think like that's to a large degree what christianity challenges you to like in in the way of mercy in the way of love like you need to be extremely radical in your mercy and your love and your kindness and in truth and also i mean be able to deliver all of that in a merciful way you know and not abuse it so i think all of that the, the mission that he describes there that the church is supposed to drive us to, that's like, it, it widens your eyes because you're like, this is how it's supposed to be.
0: Right. And so that actually leads me to the part that like sticks out to me the most. And and it's the one line that he says, and it's it's ask more, you know? You, you, like invite these men in and ask oh, yeah. more of them. Because everything that you just said, everything that you were talking about and what he was alluding to and and pretty much outright says in some moments, it's a lot like everything that you just described that's a lot for mm. for young men to do for young women to do but again in the, in this context young men and he said invite them in don't be shy about it invite them specifically in and ask more for them because that's i think that's something that's that's lacking as well it's all right, you can invite them into the church and now you're asking young men to be bystanders. You're asking them to be spectators. Yeah. You're asking them to be in the pews, but if you don't have anything for them to do, mm-hmm. right? If you have, if you don't have anything for young adults to do, and I'm not just saying like, oh, have fun, do this. Listen, young adults can have fun in a million other places. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I'm sorry. Objectively, more fun in a million other places. Yeah. So, if you want to invite them in, that's great. If you want to invite them into a social gathering, that's great too. But you gotta, you gotta do more. We, 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 we have to ask more and ask, ask them to take on responsibilities. Yeah. Because I, I think what he's getting at there is that as young adults, like a lot of us are just wandering around with no purpose.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, especially for. This day and age, a lot of us, you know, a lot of young adults not really looking to get married, n- having kids later on in life, if uh, at all. If at all. Yeah. Uh, but, but, and if being you're-
1: perfectly okay with, you know, kids either, you know, being aborted or, um, you know, relationships ending poorly or divorces happening and it's just kind of like wiping their hands of it, being like, yeah, it's not a big deal. That's just how it is now, you know? Right. And, and at the end of the day, then you need to find a purpose. And I'm not saying everybody
0: doesn't, but a lot of people don't. Yeah. <laughs> and so is it, is it the church, church's responsibility? No, but we can, well, we it can is. be.
1: And in some ways it is. I mean, obviously it's everybody's individual responsibility to discover that for themselves, but the church's moral uh, commandment really is to guide people towards that. And ultimately with that vocation to be joining God in heaven, right? Like that's everybody's ultimate calling.
0: Right. Uh, but I guess we've, we've gotten away from it so much that I, like, I don't know. The secular mentality is like churches, is, churches is for praying churches, getting to heaven. There, there's, there's no more than that. Yeah. Um, I, I guess, I guess what he's getting at and, and I wholeheartedly agree with is if you're going to invite them in, you, you got to give them purpose.
1: You know, well, I think about, I mean, he's talking to young people. He's talking to, he's talking to churches to engage young people. And like, what do you mean by young people? What do you mean by young men? Do you mean guys our age in our late twenties and thirties, or do you mean high school students or high schoolers that are 16 to 18 or somewhere in between that? You know, I think about when I was in, when I was working in campus ministry and the things that students would get really excited about. And I remember when I was in college, the things I would get excited about were like service projects. And uh, not only, so a lot of it started with service projects where I could get my hands dirty and you know, do hurricane cleanup or do house building for poor people or like whatever. That was like really, really engaging because you were able to kind of actively live out charity in that way. But then I was in many ways challenged to expand my spiritual life too, and then expand what I viewed as a moral life. It's like, okay, like even if it took a little while, it's like all of a sudden you realize like the important things in life are not the things that the culture is reflecting. The important things in life are what is God calling you to? And once you discover that, like, okay, how do I pursue that wholeheartedly? And then, you know, if God is calling you towards, especially like a family, like, how do I find the woman that I'm supposed to marry? How do I raise my children in a way that is going to make them God-fearing and r- rear them in the, to the best of my ability to fall in love with God and to fall in love with the church? And is the church engaging me along the way? And can I find a parish community that's going to make that happen and or allow that allow me to be Edified enough where I can make that happen. Um I think that like young people, especially people who are still in high school or college, like there's so much mind molding that's possible to happen. And not in like a brainwashing way, but in like a this is true way. Come with me and help and and allow me to walk with you on the challenge here. Like that's there's so much of that available. And if you don't take advantage of it when they're, when they're mentally available and when they're physically available for it, then that's when it becomes like a lost cause at some point. Not entirely lost, but you know, certainly a lot more difficult, I would think.
0: Yeah, and, and I don't think he's being ageist there <laughs> in, in this entire discussion. It's obviously a, a targeted, <clears throat> excuse me, a targeted message. Um, you know, we could talk about how to talk to people in their late forties, fifties, sixties, but I think your point. Uh, I think your point is extremely valid. It's number one. Who, who has the energy to be able to take on these new tasks? Um, number two, who is looking for the most purpose in their life? Right. And and I think this is one of the most important. Number three, who's the future? Like who's the who who is the future of the church? And that is one of the most important questions that needs to be asked because yeah. right now it seems like there is no future. <laughs> there yeah. is no future for the church. You know.
1: Well, think about that challenge too. So I mean, again, like Jordan Peterson talks a lot about mythology, and he'll talk about things like how, in pop culture, those mythologies are reflected. Like, in the story of Pinocchio, he talks about the need for the son to dive into the belly of the whale to save his father. It's essentially to, like, kind of, like, challenge himself to face his upbringing in a way and allow himself to become, quote, unquote, a real boy and a real person and not just the the wooden puppet that he had been, right? Talks about the myth of St. George and the dragon, and why does St. George fight the dragon to save the virgin, right? Um, or I don't know if that's St. George's myth specifically, but usually like the knight and the dragon to save the virgin. It's like because the dragon guards what's valuable. He guards gold. He guards the woman who's a virgin. And, you know, he it's like the man's responsibility to fight the evil in order to achieve these things that he's meant to get in his life. Like some of these things are mythological, but from – church perspective, it's like, okay, like for young people, young men or young women, like how do we present the archetype of what to pursue for them to see it as something worthwhile? And especially, I mean, we're talking about the church and we're talking about the future of the church, like what's more challenging than considering a vocation potentially to the priesthood for young, for young men specifically, or to religious life for young men or women. Uh, And honestly, even just to a good to be a good father or a good mother, because like you said, there's so many people who have the marriage or kids, the furthest thing from their minds. And even if they are thinking about it, like, is any, are people really actively thinking about how they would parent their children and rearing them from a faith perspective? Like all of that are questions. All of those are questions that need to be addressed in the church, I think.
0: And uh, I think a reason why is just a, a change of the culture um, you know, years ago, I don't think the church, I think the church just did what it had to do because parents <laughs> were challenging their children to, to, to do this kind of stuff. Mm. If, if your parents aren't challenging you to do that now, whose responsibility is it? And, and you alluded to it before it's, well, if parents aren't going to do it, then somebody needs to. And I think what what that video is saying is like, no. Now the church needs to. Now the church needs to step it up because parents aren't reinforcing the message that that the church is putting out there.
1: Yeah, and I mean, honestly, like this isn't this isn't a dig at the institutional church person. Se- I mean, it is in a lot of ways, it is. But it's also like, what is the par- what is the parish priest going to individually do all of this? Like, no, this is something that the the, the church militant, the church community. Church militant is a term for, like, the lay people of the church because we're supposed to be soldiers for Christ. Like, we we need to be the people to do this once once we've kind of activated, quote-unquote, our own faiths. Like, we need to give our time and dedication a little bit to being there to invite others and, and empower others in the, the same way.
0: Well, I don't think this is uh, specific to our local churches, and I, I think that if you— if you looked at the numbers of parishioners and those who were active, and when I say active, I mean, they're in some type of ministry running these, running these ministries in the church. I think you're lucky if those people who are volunteering and are in these ministries make up 5% of your congregation. I think you're lucky if that's the number. Yeah. Whose fault is that? Now I, I would say, I mean, one could say, Hey, step it up. Why don't you become a volunteer? Um, I think, I think it's both. I think it's on both. You know, if you're saying, oh, you know what? I I just go to the church and, you know, nobody's asked me. Well, have you asked? Have you asked to be a part of this or that? Have you asked for a role? It's not all on you though. Like, you know, if the pastor sees you in the pews every single day with your family, um, you know, if the head of a ministry sees you in the pews every single day, have they gone up to you and say, hey, listen, like, I've never met you before, let me extend my hand, I'm so-and-so. It looks like you're pretty devout and and you take this seriously. Do you you want a bigger role in in the church? Has anybody asked you? And I can guarantee you, probably not. And and
1: not just the pastor. Like, I mean, you or I in the pew every Sunday. Like, how many times maybe have we seen people and we're like, I think I've seen them at Mass a couple times. And we're active parishioners. And, uh, you know, it's a little weird to just run up to them after Mass, so I'm not going to do that. When in reality, it's like, well, I should. Like I should do that. You should. And that's what we're being that's what we're being called to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so we're gonna take
0: one more break and then when we get back, I, I do wanna talk about I, I wanna further this discussion of taking this clip, this two-minute clip, and what we can do within our own parishes on top of, you know, everything that we were just talking about. But what are some practical things that we can do? as parishioners, as a parish, as a pastor, if you're listening to this, what are some practical things we can do as a church um, and and fix this. So, you know what, we always do this. Let's fix the church in the next 10 minutes. Sean. Yeah, we'll do it. All right, good. No problem. <laughs> we'll be right back. All right, guys, we are back. Um, we've been talking about this Jordan Peterson video. We've been talking about how awful the church is and how we're doing everything <laughs> wrong. Um, so I know that we said that we are going to dive a little bit more into what we think we can do as a church to change, but was there anything else that stood out, uh, from the whole video, from the clip that you, that we, we showed anything that stood out to you, Sean?
1: Well, one thing that he mentioned was, uh, he said t- kind of towards the end, like stop worrying about social justice, projects or whatever, whatever phrase he used. Um, and just preface, like, obviously there is some value in some of the conversations that have gone on over the last few years. However, um, and he, and his, in the longer video, if you watch it, he says specifically, you know, like there's way too many churches and too many of them focus on the wrong things. And Protestant churches are probably the worst of them, but the Catholic and the Orthodox churches, everybody's kind of participating in some capacity with it there are so many more important things that have to do with the salvation of souls than whatever the flavor of the week is as far as like social justice demands. And I know that sounds cruel to say to some people, but honestly, like if you're in church leadership or in a church parish council or anything, it's like to stop pandering to stop like trying to seem like you're going to attract people to come in by doing whatever is being talked about that week. It's like, Jesus gave us a recipe. Jesus gave us a commandment. He gave us the great commission. That's what we need to be focusing on.
0: Uh, I I couldn't agree more because we always talk about this and it's the view of how, how are you going to change the world? Like, I, I don't mind that perspective of like, no, this world needs to change. I agree that this world needs to change. We don't always agree with everybody of what needs to change, Yeah, right? But we agree that something needs to change, Um but how do we do that right and and to be able to solve the world's problems at the grandest scale today is crazy yeah it's absolutely crazy so yeah. i think we've we've even said it how do you do it
1: and so we can talk about things specifically but we're not that kind of podcast
0: so eh, maybe next episode <laughs> yeah but like how do we do that well start with your family yeah then start with your community yeah. And then move up from there, but start with your own family first. That's what I. That's that's what I'm trying to focus on. Start on what's going on in my house first. Mm-hmm. And I mean, talking about my house, our house. In this perspective, let's let's talk about what we can do in our church first. This is our house. Mm-hmm. So, like, before we start trying to fix the world's problems, we got to fix what's going on in our house.
1: Yeah, I think so. Uh, two things come to mind. One is Jordan Peterson literally talks about, that's like what he became famous for in many ways is one of the rules he would talk about is clean up your room. And it's exactly what you just said. It's like if you l- quite literally and like metaphysically clean up your room that you live in, your bedroom, and you actually straighten it up and you make it the best possible space it can be. And then you walk outside into the living room or whatever next portion of your house and you start to do that in your entire house room by room. And maybe you have a pretty good room going and you go outside in the yard and you make that look nicer. And you're like, okay, my house is looking pretty good. My property is looking pretty good. I'm feeling good. The world around me is improving. And now I'm getting a little joy out of that. And like, how do I continue improving the world around me? And now I look at my neighbor's yard and I offer to help them out. And I look in my schools and think about, is there something that I can do in the school to make it better? Is there something in my church community I can do to make it better? It's like, to your point, personal responsibility is where it all starts. The other thing I thought of is um, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, who uh, lived in a Russian gulag for like 40 or 50 years. It might not have, maybe it was like more like 30, um, you yeah, know, just 30 years in a Russian gulag. <laughs> but he wrote this whole book about it. And one of, probably the most famous line from it is that the line of good, of ev- the line between good and evil crosses through every human heart. And it's really just this idea that like every single human being has the capacity to choose good and choose evil. And every choice you make has the capacity to go in one of those two directions. So like we need to condition ourselves in this classic sense of virtue that the church used to reinforce. And with that meaning, like you build a habit of doing good all the time as much as humanly possible and good oriented toward Christ.
0: It it comes down to this, right? I, I mean, it's amazing. It comes down to like what, what do you have the most control over? You have the most control over yourself. Yeah. Right. And if, if you don't have self control, then you got to work on that first. But well, that's the we,
1: sad. I mean, uh, sorry to interrupt. No, that's the no. sad thing. It's like, that's who, who was Jordan Peterson talking to in this video primarily it was young men. And young women have certainly have just as a general group a lot of things that they're attached to that they ne- shouldn't necessarily be. A lot of it's social media, a lot of it's beauty standards, a lot of it's, um, you know, confusion about, you know, just societal trends and stuff. And that is certainly true for men in many ways too. But like, again, like what is the sense of adventure that men seek out and how do they get that fulfillment? A lot of it's video games. Um, what is the pursuit of women? Well, a lot of men are addicted to porn, so they don't even consider that. And if they do, it's a strictly sexual relationship that they're seeking. Um, what is, the land that they're trying to conquer what is the garden they're trying to tend it's like well i'm just going to try to make as much money as possible so i can live the most pleasurable lifestyle i can that those are the values that young men are being taught and that's the way young men are being raised right now so it's like no wonder the church is in the shape it's in in a lot of ways
0: absolutely and and we we know this because we're young men i mean i'm a little bit older than than you but like we're young enough (laughs) (laughs) so but but that's what it comes down to like like what what guy hasn't thought about the the pursuit of women and, and money, (laughs) you know, that that's just, and so part of the video and and early on in the video is these initial drives that we have as young men are not bad drives, (laughs) you know, they're, they're not. And he talks about it. If, If you watch the whole video and, and one, one of the horrible things about what's going on in the culture today is young men are, becoming villains when all they're doing is is acting on instinct right and what i would say is if if you're a young individual like we are younger individuals all right let's look into our hearts let's look to ourselves and say okay what are our instincts are they bad are they good and the pursuit of a woman that's an amazing instinct yeah how are you pursuing
1: Right. How, right, how how, like how, how I that I pursu- can be skewed mm-hmm. if it's not you know taken care of.
0: Right, exactly. Um, the pursuit of money now, okay? Why?
1: Yeah, what's the money for?
0: Right. right, exactly. What's the money for? It's not a bad thing if the money's for you know supporting your family and and providing for the church, right? Yeah. Then then great great pursuits. So, but what the culture today is doing is taking those you know, instincts, taking these, um, you know, pursuits and calling them all evil (laughs) and essentially saying that men are evil and and every instinct that they have, we need to shut down toxic
1: masculinity. And that's, I mean, that's where, that's where his, I mean, it's kind of a, it's kind of pedantic in many ways, but the way he threw up the whole billboard thing, he's like put up a billboard, say young men wanted, whatever you have, we want it. Here's how to do it kind of thing. Like nobody's really going to do that most likely some people might, but it's this whole idea of like people, especially young people, they don't, most people like don't actually have a true purpose and they're not actually being called to anything that's worth pursuing. If you as a church have something worth pursuing and you call them to it, that's the first time in their life that they might've been called to something like that. And you're giving them a mission and you're giving them purpose and you're giving them a reason to live and a reason to live joyfully. And that's the most beautiful thing that you can offer to them, to anybody, but especially a young person in such a formative time is trying to understand what this life is all about. And ultimately if we as a Catholic church on a local level and a universal level can provide that for them, that's what our mission is. We're supposed to bring other disciples into the fold and allow them to live out joyfully, a joyful life of faith as saints here on earth.
0: So we we talked about it before. So what what does the church have to offer? I mean, I'm asking that legitimately because I need to put some thought into this too. We're saying, all right, bring them in and and give them something to do. What 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 would you say the church has to offer younger individuals?
1: So on a pragmatic level, it's a tough answer. I think. I mean, we're talking about young men and young women who need formation. It's like, okay, is there maybe like a mentorship thing that can go on? Is there like a, get a men's group with some older guys who are, you know, older, meaning like not teenagers and college students, but older guys who can be models for younger kids, right? That maybe don't have a father in the house. And if they do, maybe aren't the best model of church life or of morality. same thing for women, you know, maybe some girls aren't getting any kind of reinforcement of what it means to be a Christian at home. And so they're taking all of their influence and and boys too from social media and from their friends at school. It's like, if you, what you're learning about life is from other kids, your age, you're not going to be learning the right things. You need somebody guiding you And like you said, like it used to be the parents, maybe churches can organize things like that. Um, like you said, like a lot of person to person, communication, you know, whether it's in the pews after church or I know our parish, at least here locally, does a good job of putting on social events. And every once in a while you get some some younger people in decent numbers showing up to them. A lot of it's older people, but even among older people, like forming personal relationships in those kind of uh, environments, that, that can go a long way. And then following up with that and not being complacent in going home and kicking your feet up and saying, yeah, I've done my job. I went to the church event. I'm good to go. It's like, no, no, you didn't. You need to, you need to create community. You need to build the body of Christ and strengthen it. You know, like you, you are an active cell in the body of Christ that needs to try to activate the cells around you. And I, I mean, it's hard to say like, this is the diagnosis. This is the prescription and this is how we're going to solve it. This is the plan. But you've got to do something. And the things that we can do is oftentimes very just relational ministry in that way.
0: I think, uh, yeah, I agree. It's it's not as easy. It's, it's like if there was a blueprint, we'd all be doing it, right? Right. Um, I think it comes down to getting to know the people in the pews, getting to know these individuals that you're bringing into the church because you have a social event and, and it's tough for a pastor to do. So uh, it, for a pastor, to, let's say that 30 guys... Show up to this men's night, right? How can the pastor spend significant time with all thirty men in a two-three hour period? He can't. You know that's a, that's an absolutely impossible thing to do. But if the pastor has five or six great uh, shepherds, you know, in his group, then it's on them. You know, then then it's on them. If it's me, then it's on me to be able to find an individual to shake their hand and say hey who are you (laughs) and get to know what their strengths are you know Mm -hmm. what I mean like get to know what they love to do and bring back and like have a meeting afterwards and say listen like that was a great night you guys who'd you find (laughs) you know what I mean like like who'd you find what can they do and how do we put them to work and that's what Jordan Peterson's saying like bring them in and put them to work. Mm-hmm. If they say no, then they say no. Give
1: them a mission, yeah.
0: that That's what it is. Like, give them a mission. And, and because they want, like, we want a mission. I remember being 14 years old. A 14-year-old boy. And I, I I got my confirmation the year prior in eighth grade. And honestly, I was ready to coast, dude. I'm like, oh okay, no more religious ed. Yeah,
1: and you confirmation know, is graduation.
0: Exactly, that's what it was. Yeah. The DRE came up to me and said, you're teaching religious education next year in ninth grade. Uh, you're teaching second graders. And I was like, Okay, you got it. And she asked me, she demanded that of me. She asked me to do it. She asked more. We gotta, we gotta find out what people are good at, what these young individuals are good at, and find a spot for them in the church. Now, do we want 50 subcommittees <laughs> and, and 50 different little sub-ministries? Absolutely not. But there are enough ministries that we can find to, um, you know, places for younger individuals to be productive. Yeah. And if there's not, maybe there should be.
1: And hell, if, it's an, if it's not a ministry and you meet, you know, if you're a couple and you meet another couple at church and you befriend them and you get their contact information, you know, that, just ask them for a phone number or something. It's not that weird. And then you start hanging out once a month and— grabbing dinner and talking about faith or talking about your families or doing a Bible study or whatever it is, that can be your ministry. Just little tiny micro communities. It doesn't have to be this first official church label on it. If you're a guy who is reasonably willing to lead a little scripture study, like just invite other guys at church that you see. Even if you're a single guy, you see another single guy, just walk over and say, hey, I just noticed you in church. My name is Sean and you know, I do this thing on Tuesdays at my house. Would you be interested in coming? Or or just ask them to grab a cup of coffee if you don't want to invite them to your house right away. Right? Like, we're going to grab a beer. I mean, I think sometimes we think, like, there has to be this big group and we need, like like you said, a subcommittee and we need a plan and we need to meet this many times and this many hours every month. It's like, it doesn't have to be like that. You know, that's not how the, the early Christians did it. And maybe breaking away from, like, a bureaucratic and systematic mindset. Is how, you know, person to person, we start to relate this tradition of faith again.
0: Right, and and I think that's it. It's you know, I have a mission for myself, and and I'm saying all this stuff because you and I have been at social events before, and I'll be the first to admit that the only people I've talked to talked to at those are you. And a couple of other guys I'm extremely comfortable with.
1: Yeah. And guess Half what? Half the time, I'm just talking to your kids. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: but I'm like, what, like, like, us a men's night. Like, I'm okay with that. I'm like, all right, well, let me look around you. Oh, well, all right, Sean's here. Let me go talk to him. Right. And then you, you and I catch up for 25 minutes. And then a couple of our other friends come by and we talk to them too. It's like, man, like, I, like looking back, like, as we're talking right now, looking back at those events, I failed. I, I 100% failed where- like next event, I'm gonna challenge myself to say, don't talk to Sean at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna fail that. But yeah. I'm saying, but like, if if I spoke to Sean for a total of 20 minutes last last time it was probably 45. But like, mm-hmm. if I spoke to you for 20 minutes, make it 15, make it 10, yeah. and spend or, that spend or that talk on.
1: to me and then bring someone else in. Right, ex- ex- like, exactly,
0: yeah. and 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 truly include, right? And yeah. and I and do I, the
1: same thing. I'm not, yeah, i I'm not standing on the podium telling you what to do. I need to do that too. I didn't. You know, I've failed so many times at that, at these events too.
0: Dude, so. that's the whole reason why I brought it up because we're talking about this now and, and I'm reflecting, I'm like, oh man, I suck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude, I suck. But, but on the other end,
1: I've seen you, like we've been at church together, but separately, like just across the church from each other. And I've seen you after mass, like turn around and talk to people. So that's not like you're doing it. You know, it's not necessarily building out into this awesome thing. Every single time you talk to somebody, like that's something to know, but like you're doing it. I've done it. But we've both also failed at doing it,
0: right? Exactly. I I think at the end of the day, we, you, myself, all of us who are listening to this, we can do better. That's that's. Uh, I think that's what it comes down to is that we can absolutely do better, and um, and that's that's the whole video. It's like, hey, listen, no matter where you are, you can do better as a church, yeah. as an individual, as a parishioner.
1: And remember, like, like he said, what is our holy calling? God did not commission us to go and just be nice to everybody and concede whatever. And, you know, be super uh, accommodating to whatever anybody believes. It's like, no, he literally said like, go and make disciples of all nations, of every person, of every race, of every creed. Everybody on earth needs to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Like that needs to be our end goal, but we do that through relational ministry oftentimes. What I'll say too is like, obviously we're talking about person to person, but from an institutional level, the churches can be very vocal about this. Like they can put it on their websites. They can form groups that are meant to challenge people in more specific ways. Um, Even just as we're talking, I'm like, every church should have like some kind of vocation group where like either the priest, if it's a really solid priest that can be more like personable and like attractive personality wise to people, or even like a really strong married couple or a really strong married man or woman, or if there are religious in the church, a really strong sister, whoever in the church, like being able to bring that to the table and invite high schoolers and college students and young people to just engage in activity and conversation with them and really challenge them to consider what their life is supposed to be like you know, whether if it's a married person talking about marriage, but also talking about priesthood and religious yeah, life, you know?
0: For sure. Do you have a, I mean, those are great final thoughts. Is there any cherry on top that you want to, do you want to end with? Or I, I mean, that was awesome. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. I would, I would encourage people to look into the, the um, lectures on Genesis that Jordan Peterson did, because they really do expose Genesis in like a totally new way that you probably never heard in CCD. And I think, I mean, religious ed should be using that as a template to teach it, I think.
0: Very cool. And um, like I said, you saw the small clip that we posted, but we're going to post the entire video uh, or the link to the entire video um, in our show notes below on, on YouTube. We'll probably have a couple of links on our social media pages, too. Um, but yeah, this was this was an awesome discussion. And uh, I want to watch that video one more time and think and, 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 and reflect. And, uh, you know, the thing I'm taking away right now, especially in the last 10 minutes, is I'm going to watch the video and I'm not going to say, well, the church needs to do this. The church needs to do that. I'm going to watch this video and be like, Hey, what the heck have you been doing, Lorenz? Like, you, yeah. you, you know, got to step up my own game. You know what I mean, man?
1: For sure. I'm with you. Yeah.
0: Um, you can connect with us on Instagram at justaparishioner and facebook.com slash You can find us on YouTube as well. So go into our social sites, find the link, and please subscribe. We're on a road to 100 subscribers right now. We're at the very bare bones. So we want to get there for sure.
1: 100 subscriber. We're not going to send you anything, but you'll be our favorite.
0: Yes, uh, you know, you'll have a very, very special place in our heart. Um, So, yes, so on on the road to subscribers right now. So please be one of them. Um, You can check us out and you can download all of our episodes on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thank you guys for listening.
1: Thank you, guys. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you. I'm